Hello there. Thanks for listening to the Elevate Christian Church podcast. We exist as a church to connect people with God and each other. Today's message comes to us from our lead minister and preacher, Kevin Barton. We hope this inspires you, grows you, and challenges you in your faith and your walk with Jesus. Enjoy! Uh, We are going to continue with our series entitled Alive and Well. And the premise is very simple. We don't want your faith in Jesus Christ to be dead, to be dormant. We don't want it to be barely hanging on like it's on life support. We want your faith in Jesus Christ to be alive and well. This morning, our text is going to deal with the subject of prayer. And if there was ever a time we needed to be consistent in our prayer life, this is that time with all that's going on in the world around us. Deep in the Costa Rican jungle lives a small frog called a tomato frog. It's red in color just like a tomato, but it has this very unique defense mechanism against predators. Once the frog is attacked, he emits this deadly milky white poison all over his skin. As the attacking animal bites into the tomato frog, it tastes the poison and then spits the frog out of its mouth. Well, unfortunately, by the time the predator spits out the frog, he's traumatized and more often than not, the frog dies anyway. Now, without question, the the tomato frog's poison is effective. The only problem is it's too late. It's utterly useless in protecting the tomato frog because it's activated after the attack, after the damage is done. You know, sometimes I think that believers in Jesus suffer from the tomato frog's bane. We wait to pray and employ our spiritual defenses or offenses until after Satan has already attacked and caused the damage in our lives. We wait to pray after we make a bad decision. We pray after we break a significant relationship. We wait to pray after we commit a sin with long-term consequences. That's when we call on the Lord for help. Now, of course, God can help us in times of trouble, yet I think we do ourselves a favor when we're in constant prayer and devotion so that the enemy is repelled before the damage is done. We have the tendency, I think, to view prayer only defensive in nature, but I want you to understand prayer is also used offensively as well. It can be a offensive weapon. There is so much power in prayer if we use it. Now, before we get into the text, I want to offer you in love this disclaimer. It does no good for me to talk about prayer. It does no good for you to hear about prayer if A, you don't ever pray, or B, you don't believe in the power of prayer. I mean, if that's the case, you might as well turn this off and finish watching the Tiger King right now. We have to come to the realization that there is so much power in our prayers just waiting to be 
Unleashed. So what we're going to do is I'm going to stretch this Alive and Well series out for a bit. And for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about specific areas in our lives to pray for. And today we're going to talk about praying when we are suffering. James starts this section of prayer in James chapter 5, verse 13. And here's what he says. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. You know, suffering comes in many different forms, in many different ways. And we are in a season of suffering right now. Some of you are suffering financially because you've lost your jobs or you've been furloughed or your pay has been cut due to this virus. Some of you are suffering emotionally due to the isolation. Some of you are suffering because you miss your family and friends. Some of you are suffering because you're living in fear. You're watching way too much news. And you know, I often think if we could quarantine the media for about four weeks, this thing may not be as bad as it seems. Suffering, though, comes in many different forms. It always has and it always will. The New Testament is written primarily in the Greek language. And the Greek word for suffering refers to any difficulty. So if you're going through trials of any sort, any type of suffering, James's answer in a single word is like a rifle shot that hits a bullseye. Pray. Now it's very easy for us to nod in agreement, but here's the question of the day. When you encounter difficulties, when you suffer, is prayer your first response? I think we often pray as a last resort. After we've done everything we can do to try to fix the mess that we created, to try to fix the problem, after we scheme and after we plan and after we work hard, then maybe we remember to pray, God bless my efforts. You can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you shouldn't do anything until you've prayed. Because prayer acknowledges that we are totally dependent on God. Prayer admits, Lord, I can't even draw my next breath without you. And so James says, is anyone suffering? Let him pray. We're all suffering through this COVID-19 virus, but my question is, how much are we praying? F.B. Meyer writes, the greatest tragedy is not unanswered prayer, but it's unoffered prayer. And a large number of people, when they suffer, they don't pray. They do the opposite. They begin to pull away from God. They begin to question God. God, why are you letting this happen to me? I thought you loved me. I thought being a Christian meant that I would never encounter any trouble. I thought it would be unicorns and rainbows and skittles raining from the sky. Why are you letting this happen to me? Why are you allowing me to suffer? And so what they do is they have a tendency to pull away. Well, James is arguing the opposite here. He's saying, no, no, no. When you suffer, you should pray. Don't pull away, 
but draw near. James Vernon McGee tells this uh, wonderful story. It's a true story. Um, He grew up during the time when they still paddled kids in school. So if you got into trouble, you had to go to the principal's office and and you would receive a, a, a paddling or a whooping, as they used to say. Well, he never really got into much trouble, but one particular day, he and several boys got into some trouble, and so they were sitting outside of the principal's office, and one by one, they were going to be ushered in to receive their paddling. He never had any experience in this, but there was a young man sitting next to him who had a lot of experience. He was in the principal's office all the time, and he told James Vernon McGee, he said, hey, When you get in there and he begins to paddle you, you're going to want to have a tendency to pull away from him. But what you should do is get as close to him as possible because he doesn't have the leverage and it won't hurt as bad. McGee said that was some of the best advice he'd ever received in his life. And prayer during suffering should cause us to draw closer to God. So when we encounter suffering... What should we pray? I think that's a legitimate question. And I think it's a question that we don't need to answer too quickly. Because we often assume that we should pray this. Lord, get me out of here now. I want to be removed from this suffering. Let's let's go. Oftentimes as a preacher, I'm asked to go to hospitals to visit people who are sick. And sometimes they'll ask me to pray over that person. And oftentimes I'll ask the question, well, what would you like me to pray? And a lot of people look at me like uh, I'm, I'm crazy. And they say, well, pray for healing, of course. But I want you to think about this. Maybe God has other purposes for this trial and suffering. Is the person living under the lordship of Christ? Maybe this illness is to bring them into submission. Maybe there's some other reason. And so when you or someone you love encounters a trial, when they suffer, I think the first thing that we do is we pray for wisdom. If you remember back in chapter 1 of James, James 1.5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So we pray for wisdom to endure this situation. We also pray for the ability to endure our suffering with joy. We pray for a godly attitude through the pain. Prayer that works may be displayed in our trials. There's this account in John chapter 9 where Jesus encounters this blind man And the religious leaders, the Pharisees, ask Jesus this question. They say, why is he blind? Is it because his parents sinned and they're being punished? Or is it because he sinned and he's being punished? I want you to see Jesus' answer in John 9, 3. Jesus answered, it is not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. You know, when we suffer well, we witness well. Sometimes we need to pray that God will use these crises of our life for his purpose and for his glory. Look at John eleven four. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so the Son of Man 
may be glorified through it. I think one of the things that we often forget is when we go through trials, when we have seasons of suffering in our lives, it can refine us. It can strengthen us. It can give us endurance. One day, a man found a cocoon of an emperor moth. And this man had always admired uh, this little creature. It's a very beautiful creature. And so he took this little cocoon home, and he was going to watch the moth come out of the cocoon. Well, he sat there and he watched the moth struggle to force its body through this tiny little hole of the cocoon, and it seemed to stop making any progress. It appeared that it had gotten as far as it could go, and it seemed to be stuck. So the man, being a kind man, decided to help the moth. He took a pair of scissors and he snipped off the remaining bit of the cocoon. The moth emerged easily. But it had a swollen body and it had small shriveled wings. Now he expected the wings would enlarge and expand to support the body, but neither happened. In fact, the moth spent the rest of its very short life crawling around in circles. It was never able to fly and it died very, very quickly. What the man in his kindness and haste didn't understand was that the restricting cocoon and the struggle to get through the cocoon would force the moth fluid from the body into the wings so it would be ready for flight once it achieved freedom from the cocoon. Freedom and flight would only come after the struggle. By depriving the moth of the struggle, he deprived the emperor moth of its health and of its life. You see, the struggles of life, the heartaches and the pains are sometimes necessary if we want to be great. And instead of cursing them, understanding them while we're experiencing them is what God is asking us to do. What I find interesting is when James asks the question, is anyone suffering? And then he answers it, let him pray. The word here in the Greek for prayer means a continual pleading. So when life isn't going the way we thought it ought to go, when you're weary, when you're soul tired, when you, when you battle and your faith is, begins to be weak and you feel like you're just sort of getting crushed under this whole thing of life, we continually plead to God for comfort. This is a basic truth. I mean, it's just so basic, but it's easily forgotten. Perhaps you remember the words to this old hymn says this, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And that's right. What a friend we do have in Jesus. You know, prayer can remove affliction if that's God's will. But prayer can also give us the grace we need to endure the troubles. God can use them to accomplish his perfect will. God can turn or transform our troubles into triumphs. James 4, 6, he gives us more grace. In 2 Corinthians, Paul prayed that God might change his circumstances, this thorn in the flesh, that God might remove it. But instead, God gave Paul more grace that he needed to turn his weakness into strength. 
Our Lord Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane that he might not have to go to the cross, that, that God might remove that suffering. God didn't remove that suffering, yet he gave him the strength he needed to go to the cross and die for our sins. So if we go back to James chapter 5, he says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Then he says, Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. I think we need to realize that our lives ebb and flow between suffering and singing. We have these seasons of suffering and we have these seasons of singing. We have times that are, that are, that are very, very low, but we have times that are also very, very high. And so some days in life we will face suffering. It's time to pray. Some days you will be cheerful. It's time to sing. What's interesting is that in the Bible, singing is often an extension of prayer. Many of the prayers prayed were songs that they sang. And so lifting our voices to praise God is a form of, of prayer. And the mature Christian knows how to sing while he or she is suffering. I think anyone can sing after trouble has passed. But God is able to give us songs in the night like he did in Job 35.10. He did this for Paul and Silas in the book of Acts. They were arrested simply for preaching Jesus Christ as Lord. And they were put in a Philippian jail. I want you to see what happens in Acts 16.25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Now, I want you to understand that this was after they were arrested. They were beaten. They were thrown in jail. They were put in chains. They were suffering, but they were mature. And so in their suffering, they were also singing. And that begs us to ask this question. Can you sing while you suffer? I believe the answer is yes. Why? Because you have surrendered control to Jesus. You put him in the driver's seat of your life. You trust him. You understand that he is good, that he has a plan and a purpose for not only your life, but your loved ones as well. And you can begin to view your trials and suffering as times to draw close to him. You can pray and sing praises to him. I think we can take on the mindset that James talks about earlier in this little letter, back in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, which says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, when you suffer, consider it pure joy. Why? Verse 3, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking, not lacking anything. In 2007, a group of missionaries from South Korea went into Afghanistan to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
They don't like the gospel of Jesus preached in, Af- in, in Afghanistan. And so this whole missionary team was captured by the Taliban, and they were imprisoned. Two of them were executed. It was this long ordeal of suffering and and fear, and the South Korean government had to get involved, and finally they were able to get these missionaries released. Among the captured group were 16 women. One of the pastors, one of the preachers that went on this trip said, these women that were imprisoned with us, they often, once we got back to Korea, they often come up to me and say, Pastor, don't you wish we were still there? Don't you wish we were still in that prison? Oh, how I miss being in that prison. They tell me, when I was surrounded by the soldiers... I felt the presence of Jesus in there with me. But now that I'm back in Korea, I'm trying to experience that intimacy with him, but I can't. I fast and I pray. I don't feel it. I'd rather be back there because of the intimacy I had with Jesus. Now that seems counterintuitive, but I understand exactly what they mean. When I was 20 years old, uh, my mom committed suicide. It was without a doubt the darkest, dreariest, most depressing season of my life. But something that I can't explain is that I'd never felt closer to God during that period in my life. I knew I had the promise that it wasn't his fault, that he would never leave me. He would never forsake me. And during that immense period of suffering, I felt so close to God. There's a time to suffer and there's a time to sing. My hope for all of us is that during this world-changing event, we might find ourselves going through that we are praying and praising the Lord. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate or partner with us in what God is doing here, check out our website at elevatecc.com. Until next time, God bless you and thanks again.